0: new uh, for you guys and something I've been wanting to do for um, quite a while and just haven't had the time um, normally pretty busy I work uh, anywhere from 45 to 55 hours a week and you know, we got things going on outside of work uh, we do a lot of preaching street preaching and uh, just a lot of things going on I got a family so I like to do things with them so it's hard sometimes it's hard to squeeze these things in but Uh, Like I said, it's a a new uh, little venture here, I guess you can say, and it's going to be the Narrow Way podcast, and uh, this will be uh, on Spotify as well. Also, we'll be uploading uh, the video portion to um, YouTube on not my Christ Trekker channel, but I'm reviving my old channel. I've actually changed the name of it. Some of you guys may have already seen that, but I've changed it to Narrow Way. And this will be uploaded there. So it's going to be a whole different, uh, you know, different type of deal. And we're going to talk about a lot of things, not just uh, street ministry. That will be talked about quite a bit because that's uh, a lot of what we do. But Just what we um, do in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of what my Christ Checker channel is, you know, it's centered around that. Um, but this, this will be, I mean, just because it's our ministry and all, of course, this will be heavily involved. Uh, This podcast will with that, but also, you know, we're just going to talk about live things. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, church, church issues, uh, religious issues, things going on in the religious world. We'll talk about those and we'll talk about um, uh, working out. We like to work out. We go to the gym a lot and we're involved with that and health and fitness and things. Definitely, we'll be talking quite a bit about that and uh, travel. We like to travel. We like to hike and, you know, all kind of things. Um, just a lot a lot of what goes on in life. You know, I think that's missing from with a lot of, uh, especially, you know, going back to our lives been sitting around, you know, are heavily involved with the street ministry, open air ministry. I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of guys, uh, they're just missing it as far as when it comes to their personal lives or families and uh, everyday living um we you know we're required as men uh married men to uh take care of our families and you have preachers out there who uh, are getting divorces their families are wrecked their children hate hate them despise them their wives despise them um it's because they don't have a balance so we'll talk about those things Definitely talk about those things. you got to have a balance, guys. Uh, if you don't, it is, it's just not going to work out right. Uh, yes, our ministry is important, but your home ministry and uh, those things are, are num- number one. Other than God, other than serving God and loving Him, that's that's number one. If you don't take care of that, you know, you got some problems. But anyway, um, I think we'll be also doing some interviews. I have... Uh, some things playing with that. And now, I, I mean, we're going to interview, there'll be some open air ministers, some, uh, some ministers. that's not, uh, only, you know, preaching in the open air, uh, ministers. I know and preachers. I know and Christians. I know that, uh, don't necessarily go out in open air and preach, but they're, uh, children of God. And I think their testimonies are worth hearing.
1: Just get their take on things.
0: Yeah. I sure. mean, you know, it's, it's one thing. I, I think a lot of street ministries, uh, our street ministers, they, a fault, i have saying, and I got into this position at once. Well, if you're not going out there, you know, on the street and preaching in front of the bars and doing that, something's wrong. Well, you know, that we're a body, the Bible says. Uh, we're the body of Christ and we have different roles. Um, just as our natural bodies, you know, our feet serve a different purpose than our hands. You know, our nose serves a different purpose than our eyes. That's right. So same goes with the body of Christ. Not everyone's cut out and called to be out on the street preaching in front of bars preaching events going to mardi gras and preaching uh but everyone is called to be a witness and um but we just need to remember that you know god is using different people in different ways and uh I'm, i actually i know a lot of people personally their testimonies are just out of this world and what god delivered them from so we'll have some of that we'll probably have some people talking about uh interviewing some folks on health and fitness you know so different things so uh, really, you know, we're going to beat around the bush, so to speak, and just hit a lot of things. And, uh, but I'm glad you're, you know, those of you just tuning in, I'm, I'm thankful you are, and I hope you enjoy, uh, you know, what we have to say. And, uh, also, you know, there's going to be play, you know, you'll have the ability to send in questions and, and send in comments. And so those things, you know, something we, uh, can address here on the podcast as well. I like questions, yeah. you know, I, um, I actually think, uh, you know, you do have certain preachers and certain you know, ministries and certain maybe movements, whatever. They, they try to avoid questions, but I don't think we should, um, we should be willing to, if somebody has a concern or, or don't quite understand something or uh, wants to know something deeper or something, is it making sense to them? Well, we should be able to discuss it with them and ask questions. You know, if somebody ask you, you know, well, why, why do you abstain from alcohol? Well, we should be able to tell that we should be able to tell them why, and, you know, give a biblical, um, uh, answer. So those are good. I enjoy questions. I enjoy good questions. Of course we don't enjoy the stupid questions. We get those a lot while we're out. That, that just happens. So. Yeah. When, when you're out preaching, it's, it's, you'll get people, well, let's say you're out in the bar, especially college town like we preach in a lot down in Athens you got some knuckleheads down there. I don't, I don't see how they even made it into college. You know, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on and here. Just barely. They're, they're mm-hmm. perverted. They're wicked. Their mind's just they're mush evil. because of, you know, the, uh, the humanistic uh, things that are taught and this postmodernism and, uh, just their, sin really. Well, it's sin. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it does. Sin does that. And so you'll get some, just some stupid questions, you know, some stupid <laughs> stuff, but you get a lot of good intelligent questions. You, know, you got people down there that's actually thinking, they're thinking about life and, there's issues going on, so you got to weed out the good with the bad. But we, we, you know, encourage some good questions, so don't hesitate to send us things like that. But so you know, presenting, uh, you know, what this is going to be about, um, we're going to move on into kind of what we wanted to talk about today, and and you know, again, I'm just going to kind of see where this goes. I think before we get into the meat of this, um, you know, you have there, there's some good podcasts out there. Uh, there's some junk podcasts out there, and we'll talk about some of those maybe one day. <laughs> uh, you may consider this one junk, but it's really—I mean, we're going to talk about serious issues. And it's really, you know, there's things going to be funny. We're going to—I think you'll see with some of the, you know, ideas I have, some of the people I want to interview. It's going to be quite funny because it's going to be people I grew up with and and had a good time with, and there's going to be some good stories. So you'll see that. But overall, I want this to be serious because especially when you're talking about our Christian walk, it is serious. You know, uh, eternity is a serious thing. Right. Uh, I, I think we tend to forget that we're going to live forever. Our soul is going to live on forever. And so that being the case and that being, as the scripture says, the point on the man wants to die. And after this, the judgment, man, that's the most serious thing we can do. So, I, so I do want to keep a serious tone about it. And also, you know, a lot, you know, keep it light as well at times. So, um, but I think there's some good podcasts. One, I think I like the guy's model. And, uh, of course, I don't agree with him on a lot of things. He's you know, real popular right now. And I have watched some of his stuff time to time. But I, I think he does a good job with with podcasts, with interviewing people. That's Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe is a pot smoker. Joe needs to repent. He's not a Christian. I'd like to, you know, so, some of the guys that's on there, that supposedly Christian. I know he, he – I see the deal with Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson now is claiming to be a Christian. Jordan should have – Gave him the gospel. He didn't. I mean, he talked about a lot of good things. You know, I didn't watch the whole podcast. I watched bits and pieces. Uh, but he didn't present the gospel to him. He had a good opportunity. Joe needs the gospel. Um, so anyway, but I think he's got a good format. So a podcast can be very good, very informative. So uh, maybe we can, maybe ours will be that way. It won't be a joke. Anyway, so one thing we want to talk about, and of course I mentioned that you know, a lot of our life is centered around and are involves in the street ministry. And, you know, it's something that uh, I've now been involved in for, um, let's see, almost on a, on a I don't necessarily want to call it full-time, but a regular basis, it's, I've been involved in now for seven years. Yeah, six or seven years. Seven years, I think uh, around spring of twenty. 15 is when I started street preaching and um, actually no 2016 2014, 2014 2014 yeah right. I think I can go back to then um, is yeah 2014 and that uh, we started going down to Athens but actually I've, I've been out and done some open air ministry even earlier than that it goes back probably probably to around 2006. 2005 I don't know the exact does, year what does that bring me back
1: though
0: 2014 2015 what's that does it bring me back 2014
1: 2015 we used to do a lot of day preaching during the day yeah
0: um well let, let me kind of go into how I first you know and, and um got started and it, this it was wild really I was been raised in, in a, in a you know, strict Pentecostal church and of course um at, at the time I'm um, we're not here in Georgia. I married married to you know, my wife now, and we're living in Oklahoma. And we're going to a church there, which my father in law pastored. And this street open air minister came by. There's really you guys. A lot of you guys will know who he is when I say the name and uh, in our the movement I was involved in. He was very well known, and uh, everybody knew of Jim Gillis. If you didn't have met him, you'd heard of him. And so he was friends with my father in law, and he came by. And um he asked me, it was in that one that weekend that he was in our area, they were having the uh homo parade in um Tulsa, Oklahoma, which we live just outside of Tulsa. And so he asked me if I wanted to go. And he said there was gonna be some other preachers there. And I said, Yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> I, I had no clue what I was about to experience. And so we we go to the they're having a parade. And so we found a place to park, me and Jim. We're going to meet a couple other preachers there. And so we go up to where the parade route is, and the praise is just starting to come by. And the first thing out of Jim Gillis's mouth, and I'll never forget it, and it just, I was just like, wow. He said, stop molesting little boys. Stop molesting little girls. <laughs> and and man, the crowd just went nuts. People just went nuts. And uh, I said, well, this is crazy. And so then... The, of course the parade moved to uh after it ended in one of the big parks there and so we went to the you know sidewalk there and preached and it was one thing that stood out to me i was hooked i, I really was hooked from there on out because i saw and what, what i seen what i what i recognized is um i was kind of sheltered i recognize that you know here i'm around this i'm going to church all the time just around these people and just church people normally you know of course i worked and was with people there, but outside of, you know, and and there, I mean, you don't see everybody's personal life and when you're at work. And so you really don't know what's going on. And I saw just how wicked the world was getting. And I saw just exactly why people needed to hear the gospel outside of the church. So I was hooked. And and for years after that, I, I think I went a couple more times to stuff like that. And uh really didn't preach i the first the first time i was just i was awestruck i didn't even know hardly what to say i couldn't even you know like wow but anyway so i progressed on a few years and we moved back to georgia and i began to pre- i felt uh a call in my life i felt the need to, to preach and um don't worry folks caleb's going to talk here in a little bit he's a part of this this too but i'm just i'm telling my part here first um so I, I, you know, felt felt the need to preach. But I was preaching in churches. I, I was a youth leader and I preached, uh, you know, not only in my home church, I would fill in for my pastor and um, and then from time to time, of course, he would call us, you know, any of the lay preachers, you know, he'd call us to preach. And then, uh, of course, I would preach youth meetings and, you know, things like that and preach uh, other preachers would call me to come to their church. And that was good and um but i felt something was really lacking you know it just you know it's it was church and that's good you know the the don't don't get me wrong the body and the church members need to hear they need exhortation they need encouragement and all those things but really where the gospel needs to be preached is outside those church walls. You know, if you have a sinner come, find preach the gospel, you know, preach a, a you know message about sin or hellfire, you know, whatever. But, uh, the vast, don't forget the vast majority of sinners, people that are going to hell are the vast majority are outside the church walls. So, uh, I think that, you know, that's where God was pulling me. And, and I heard a lot when I was, in the, the movement I was in, which was Pentecostal Wholeness movement, you hear a lot about experiences. You know, experiencing God, and you hear a lot of stories from the past, and they're good. And I'm, I'm not downplaying any of that. But you hear, you know, a lot about healings and uh, these uh, miracles of how people, you know, just strung off drugs and uh, w- you know wicked lies and got saved, and uh, you know all kind of. You hear all kind of things like that. But you hear a lot about experiences. But you know, I wasn't having any. And so I kind of had prayed to the Lord, you know, I, I want to have some experiences, spiritual experiences. You know, I, you know, I'd like to see some of these things, not for a selfish, really want for a selfish reason, because you know, I just want to see, you know, Christ lifted up and him proclaimed. And ultimately, you know, it's not if you're seeking some kind of experience just for personal gain, you, you need to repent. And you got problems. But uh, so I've really felt convicted to go back to the streets and out to the streets, you know, and, and plus two too during this time, I've seen a lot of videos of a lot of guys, you know, you had uh, Ruben Israel of course was, you know, popular on YouTube and uh, Jesse Morrell and uh, all of that SOPA crowd. And then you had like uh, Ray Comfort and there, there was just so many and Kerrigan Skelly. I'm just, you know, naming ones I have seen on video and And I guess God used that, and says, "Hey, you know you've done that before you need to get back to that and so we started going back down we started going to Athens, and it was I think the first time I went back and actually ministered in the open air it was I went with my uncle who was my pastor, a uh, brother uh, who uh a young he's a young priest younger than me uh ethan snow he uh, I think he he evangelizes now in the movement. I was part of, and then, uh, Cody Sellers, which Cody is my married to my cousin. He's still, a, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, he passes a church down, uh, close to Vidalia, Georgia. He's a young, young minister. And one, I hope to, uh, I want to talk to him, hope to have him on here, uh, here in the near future. Um, so we went downtown Athens and we took, I, I remember Caleb and I had, I had just a little sport camera. And, was that Olympus? Orange? Yeah, that little Olympus Orange and camera. black. It was orange and black I got Olympus that camera. thing somewhere. Uh, I think, did Jared go with us? Jared used to go with yeah, us, yeah. My, my younger cousin.
1: We, we used that camera like on hiking trips before. Yeah, I
0: used it in all kinds of places. But it was, sure. it was good because it's durable. You could throw that thing up against a brick wall. <laughs> it wasn't going to, you know, break. So, and, and like preaching in Athens, you need something like that. But anyway, we went down and it, it was just, it started from there. So, and it grew, you know, uh kept going to Athens. And then I, you know, I, I met some brothers I had seen and, um, you know, even some I've seen on video and I just, I went to SOPA event in, uh, Atlanta. And I, you know, I've met bro- a lot of brothers along the way it's growing, man. I, you know, and, and just kind of in a nutshell, I've preached all over the United States on, you know, on the streets and I've preached to thousands and thousands of people, not millions. I, I'm serious. You know, um, that's no exaggeration. I've done a Mardi Gras where you have just untold thousands, New York city, uh, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Dallas, Fort worth area, um, Atlanta, Nashville, um, Tampa, you know, I just thinking of, you know, towns here. We we preach in Greenville, South Carolina, a lot and Charlotte, North Carolina, you know? So we've, a lot of those places we preach had the opportunity and, um, so, and those experiences was, you know, I mentioned those experiences that came. I, I've seen uh, times where God, you know, I've seen him save people while we're out preaching. Uh, I'm talking about gloriously saved. I'm not talking about false conversion. I'm talking about people gloriously got saved and turned and left. We had that just happened recently yeah, up in Charlotte. down the sin. Yeah. The guy turned from the bars. He went home, repented. Um. We've we've been in situations where, man, I thought we were going to be killed. <laughs> I thought I for sure we was going to toe the beaten at the at the least, you know. And God worked it out and moved it, man. And, and, you know, um, so I've, I've seen things like that. You know, I've, I've seen some I've seen some hilarious stuff. But I've, I've had experience. I've seen the power of God move. I've seen it affect people. I've seen how the preaching of the gospel and preaching of the truth can move a crowd, can stir a crowd, just like you see in the book of Acts, like with Stephen, when Stephen preached and they were so upset, uh, you know, that they actually, the Pharisees, the Bob says they rent their clothes. They actually, was so mad. Could you imagine being so mad that you tear off your clothes? That's how mad they were. And they stoned him. So, uh, but we, we've had some great experiences and, and here you know if if you're listening to this if you're in church some and maybe some people I've, I've you know grown up with and are, are, are am around uh you know you if you want to experience come with brother Adam we'll give you some experiences <laughs> we'll give you I guarantee we'll put you in some, some some things some situations you won't forget and 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 that's good that's what you need you need to see how God can move and I think a lot of people and, and I've had people asking why don't you take Caleb to place like Mardi Gras or Southern decadence. Or you take him, you know, he's with you down there at the bars in Athens where you got all those wicked, vile perverts and sinners and drunks. Well, I want him to see what sin does. And I think he's, you know, got a good taste and it actually is, you know, seen the bad side of it. A lot of times, you know, if, you, if you're sheltered, you're only gonna see what the media will show of these things. And, um it's just like with the, the LGBTQ community, you're only going to see what the media wants you to see if you don't go to these events. But when you go to somewhere like decadence, you see just how sick and disgusting these people are. and You see what's really going on. Not that I, I necessarily would want you to see that, but sometimes you need to see it. You need to recognize. And these are people, these are, people that's, these are public school teachers. I've talked to public school teachers at Southern decadence who were dressed in... All they had on was leather chaps, folks, and they were committing vile action. They were teaching your kids. Uh, and so it's been good to see those things and have those experiences. But uh, I'll let Caleb talk a little bit. What's what's some things you remember? Oh, um, man, I remember when we uh,
1: first started in Athens. But before that, and I'm glad to say that to my mom and dad that I've been raised in church. and. Uh, Not a lot of kids can say that they've been raised in church, but um, I noticed really right off the bat, I want to say about 10 or 11, just like things going on in the church that I didn't really, I didn't really understand or agree with. And uh, they would talk about these things like God blessing them, but they didn't do nothing for God. And I've just always wondered that even since I was like from 10 to 11, I've wondered like just... Why people didn't do nothing for God, and they expect God to do something for them, and so I want to say, I was about eleven or twelve. When I first went with you.
0: I'd say yeah, we were uh, eleven
1: or twelve. Yeah, we were just in Athens, and uh, I wasn't just. Exp- I mean, I was exposed to sin just when we first started preaching. But I didn't. He done a good job. My dad was just not. Um, Necessarily taking me right to the bars and just right to the bad spots, but we just gradually he showed uh, we sh- showed me what sin does to people, uh, how it affects your life if you sin, and uh, I just remembered when we first started preaching in Athens in the daytime, and we would start to get hecklers and just people mocking, and we'd start to draw a crowd, and I started learning how to witness. I would I would read my Bible. Just uh learn talking points, how to talk with sinners, and show them the gospel and I learned that really from a young age and i'm I'm glad I learned that because even now when I go out and preach it helps that I know what to do and how to deal with people but yeah, I want to say it was uh it was pretty exciting that first time just uh watching Dad preach to a crowd
0: <laughs> yeah it's definitely you know there's an exciting side to it and um I mean, it's there's a lot of times it's, it's an adrenaline rush. But don't, um, if that's the reason why you go out. shouldn't be the reason. Yeah, it should never be the reason. You, you need to re- reassess some things. We're supposed to have what the Bible says, compassion for sinners. To, to be yeah, we're, we're to go out and preach the gospel. That, that That's the mission. And it's not to, I, I don't go out, I'm not out there to make people feel good.
1: Offend people or not? Uh, my that. purpose
0: is not to. It's going to offend. Well, it's going to offend, me. but we're not. It's
1: through the Bible, not through ours, but for what we right. preach.
0: And 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 don't get me wrong. Christ did things that offended people. There's there's so there's a lot of misconceptions, yeah. um, even amongst street preachers. You know, I'm going to talk about some of these things. Um, one is uh, you know this name calling business. um <laughs> Hey, I'm all for calling names. Jesus, calling you know, names. Call, call a spade a spade. Uh, if if we we use, we don't cuss. And I, I know some of you gonna say, well, you know, these some of these words you you fix to say that could be cuss for but they're not. They're not. Uh, but we, we, you know, we I use the word whore. That's a biblical word. Now I don't just call every girl. Person a whore, you, you can go through my look at my videos on my Christ Checker channel, and you'll see. You, you, you'll you find here and there where I, I, I've said that, but we don't just call every girl out there a whore. Now, a lot of them, especially in a college town, they dress like whores. They dress like prostitutes. That's what we say, yeah. It'll be 30 degrees down there, and they don't have hardly anything. And you'd think you was uh, down there in, in July. And so, you know, we'll mention, you know, we'll say things like that. You know, we'll, we'll tell them, hey, you, you know, and because 90% of them claim to be Christian. So with them, no, you're not. You wouldn't be dressed like a whore if you was. So you know, uh, but name calling, I don't have a problem with. I I, I use the word fag, and I, I've I have at times used the word slut, and I, I don't. You know, it, it's like I said, it's called a spade a spade. And sometimes the harsh, harsher language, man, that, that does something. And you got to be, but you got to be careful with it. Again, you don't want to go out there and call everyone a, a, a faggot or a fag, but However, uh, there's times when it is appropriate, and times when it's needed. And if you go out there and just saying that all the time, man, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a fight on your hands, you know. And just calling everybody a fag, so just, you got to use your head with you know the language you use. Uh but of course, you know we're not out there dropping f bombs or you know calling people a hole. And I've I've seen that happen with people, and preachers. We, you know, we've we got, seen that, yeah. I mean, I've. I've, I've <laughs> Well, I've seen some crazy stuff like that. I've seen people, and sometimes, hey, look, you know, we're human. We're human, and I've seen guys get in the flesh, not meaning to. It happens, you know. You, you get these vile sinners, and man, you get upset. Something, you get angry. It stuff you see, and I've I've heard guys, you know, accidentally say something they shouldn't have said, <laughs> and of course, they repented, and that's fine. You know, that's what that's what you should do. But you can, you know, you you're gonna make mistakes when you're out there. So it just comes and goes. But. Um, you know, we, we do name call, you know, and I don't feel one uh, bad about it one bit. You know, like I said, uh, you know, spade, a spade, Jesus name called, he called people. I think that's the, really the greatest
1: example for that. Yeah, Jesus there you call. go. Jesus and vipers,
0: vipers, a uh, generation of vipers caught, you know, snakes and whited tunes with dead men's bones. They called a, um, a woman, a dog. And it, uh, the Bible says he, uh, upbraided whole cities because they wouldn't repent. And look at that word upbraid. Look what it means. And he actually mocked them. And it was in a, a rebuking way, of course. Uh, you have the, uh, i says he upbraided his disciples. He actually mocked them because they didn't have faith they were supposed to have or should have had. They lacked faith. And seeing uh, They had seeing all these miracles and God doing things and feeding the 5,000. And yet they were worried because they weren't going to have food. So he upbraid, he mocked them. Uh, again I'm not saying that that's your that's our intent out there but hey there's there's a purpose and there's a time there's a time for it um, so um, so we've had you know there are situations like that and, and, and things we 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 believe in defending ourselves mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a pacifist you know I believe it's biblical to defend yourself Christ when he's when he commissioned the the uh disciples and when he was fixing to um you know die on the cross and the ministry was the everything was changing you know the, the church was fixing to start he told them to take a sword and um they they said well you know we have two he says enough so again, you don't need to go out there preaching arm to the hilt you know taking ar-15s and stuff now, I wouldn't be necessarily big against it in certain places. Um but you know we 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 actually we do preach and we do you can see in some our videos we defend ourselves. There's a lot of times I, I take you know we take <laughs> you got, got the one go look on like, the Christchurcher channel at um uh, the uh, one that says when drag queens attack and you can see a guy get pepper sprayed. And uh and it was uh uh, appropriate again there's things like that I don't feel bad about it's just you know but that's not part. to say we're out there to brawl we're not out there the Bible says not to be People a brawler are, we're yeah. not out there to fight that's the last thing I want to happen. last thing I want to happen. but there, when the time comes but yeah I right mean so. for one like in a place like Athens you, you have to uh, if you, if you don't take a stand they'll run you off of every corner those sinners will but you, you know you, you gotta you gotta let, let people know that you mean business when you're down there. And a lot of time, I tell people, "Hey, look! When I go down to Athens, I walk. I walk down there like I own the place. You can't show and you can't show fear. These these, these sinners. Uh, these this group down there in Athens, they're like sharks, man. They they'll They, eat they see you blood. Alive. Yeah, they will eat you alive. So uh, be bold and and we defend ourselves. We, we don't. There's been several instances. There's a guy one time tried to attack. My dad was with me. And hold the banner and he attacked us and I, I i grabbed him in the chokehold and slung him down and it meant his head hit the concrete you know i was basically just trying to get him off but uh then the guy had the he had the nerve uh after he tried to steal our banner i grabbed him and slung him off he had the nerve to ask me what in the world man what are you doing <laughs> what what do you think i'm doing you think i'm just gonna sit there and let you steal my banner and uh, I know, and I know. There's some of you guys out there. Some of you, you pacifists, you weak. Is you're weak, is what you are. And you would let people do it. You would let people with the brothers you preach with. You would let people slap them around, beat em. and beat on them, and not do anything. I say shame on you if you do that. And some of you, yeah, you, you would let men abuse your wife out there. You know, that's if your what, wife was with you, that's what the Bible would call cowardly. And that that is a coward. You know, I, I think to see the character of a man. Uh, who a man is. Let's, you know, someone come up. Uh, th- there's a guy I've seen. I've seen some clips of him on, on YouTube. So I can't remember his name, but he was, he's a retired army general and he gives these motivational deals. He, he's he got uh, a foul tongue. and fact, that's why I don't like to listen to him, but I have heard some stuff from him. And he said he, he has a test. He calls it a snowflake test. And he has people come up. Uh, he, well, he asked a question. If somebody, uh, Spit in your mother's face. Came and spit in your mother's face, what would your response be? And he, he he lists. I think it's a multiple choice question. And uh one was to, you know, knock their head off, or uh, one would be, you know, uh, to ask him to stop, not do it again. Another one would be, you know, ask him uh, what would have caused him to do that. Yeah. And he said most people uh, pick that question. Uh, that that's the sound of a weak man. You know, if you, if you would let somebody do that to your mother, your wife, or your daughter, you're you're you are a weak, you're a weak, cowardly man. Again, it's not to say we're out there to brawl, but we have a responsibility to protect. And if you're going to preach with me, um, and you might not want to, and that's fine. I could care less if you uh, if you want to preach with me or you don't want to preach with me. I'm going to tell you one thing: if you're going to preach with me. And something happens to you, I'm going to be there with you. I, I got your back, we'll fight and, with you. and we'll fight with you. And we'll, and, you know, and we'll we'll do whatever. We may get beat down, and we may get whipped, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do my best to keep you from getting beat down, and to, and to keep them from killing you. And I, you know, I, I have your back. And uh, there's guys that I absolutely will refuse to work with because I know. And they even may actually be good, quote unquote, good preachers. You know, can preach a good sermon when they're out on the street. There's no way I would preach with them. There's no way because I know they won't have my back, and um, you know it's unfortunate. Um, but that's just you know the, the nature of things, and it, it, a lot of it depends on where you preach. You know, I, I don't expect if I if I go down here to my local town on the street corner, I don't. I'm not expecting um a lot of act you know a lot of things like that but when i go to athens uh you you have to your head actually i keep my head on a swivel when i'm down there because you never people come out up out of the blue you know sucker punch you and things like that just uh keynote just be observational when you're going out there there's
1: you'll never know when somebody could come up and just completely do something you never thought they'd do
0: right just, you got to be watchful right so anyway, you know, that, that's just, you know, kind of what we, some of the things we experience when, when we're preaching and we try to be prepared for, but uh, ultimately, um, you know, I think I kind of got off on rabbit trail there, but um, anyway, there. Were, oh yeah, I was going to have a lot of misconceptions. You know, there, there's a lot of people think that, um, I think they have the mindset that if you face any type of opposition when you're out there preaching, you're not doing something right. If people are upset if people are stirred up, if they're mad, um, you know you're not you're not doing things right. You know you should be nicer. You should be more friendly. Well, that's not always the case. There, we should have compassion, and there's times, yeah, you should be really nice and gentle when you're out there preaching. And there there's some times when when you should really come out there and rebuke hard, and you know, and, and just lay it out there. A lot of times it depends on the crowd, depends on who you're teaching to, uh, preach to, it depends on the city. You know, it depends on the location, you know, the exact street corner. Uh, it's just going to happen.
1: I mean, the Bible says it will be hated by all men for my namesake. So there's
0: nothing you can so, really do as far as just. Right. You can go. There's play. I've been wanting to just held a sign. I'm talking about an easy sign. You know, Jesus saves from hell. Man, people, people, people are upset. Just angry. No, don't forget. I'll mention Stephen. Look at look at what happened with Stephen. Let's look at the precedent. So let's go all the way back even into the Old Testament. How were the preachers of righteousness treated? How was Noah treated? They 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 mocked Noah. They laughed at him for years. Yeah. And then in the, in the end, you know, um it was just him and his family. Look at the um prophets throughout the Old Testament. They they killed them. They, you know, they they some they had to run for their lives. Elijah had to run for his life. Um then you get into the New Testament. Look at what happened. John the Baptist, they cut his head off. Uh, I mean, that's how popular, that's how that's how accepting they were of his preaching. That's how much they loved. That's how loving his preaching was. Same way with Christ. Look at what, what happened to Christ. You know, there's a lot of times, uh, if, you, if you read the scripture, you know, a lot of times he had to kind of sneak his way out of situations, you know, because they sought to kill him. And eventually they did. They hung him on a cross, which it was, you know, it was the plan it was what was ordained by God uh, to happen. But then you got to look at all the, the apostles, every one of them except for John, uh, you know, of the 12 that were sent out, that went out. Everyone except for John uh, died a martyr's death. And John, he was exiled to Patmos. And do and you think... Um, they they killed them just because they preached a love, quote unquote, loving message? No, I don't think so. They were telling people to re- repent and they rebuked them. They reproved them and upset people. Uh, and they killed them. And same way, look, the apostle Paul, he, he, they chopped his head off. So uh, again, i make this clear. We don't go out to with the intent to stir people up. But when you go out to preach like the Bible tells us to preach, And and, and Peter tells—not Peter, but Paul—tells us he in Timothy of how to preach. He said, "Preach the word." So preach the word. Preach the word of God. Don't go out there preaching flat Earth and that nonsense. Don't go out preaching that vaccines are the mark of the beast. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. There's a couple guys going around now preaching that mess, and and they need to repent. One of them is a goof—been a goofball, burnout from drugs for years and just been a, a, a nut job for years. Man, I don't going to name no names on, on this deal, but I don't even want you checking them out and seeing their mess. Uh, the, the other one, I think he's kind of new to, to a lot of street preachers and stuff, but the, you know, you look at his personal life, it's a wreck. And I can understand why. Well, I mean, what, what woman want to be around that mess? So, um, but anyway, don't go out preaching that, that junk, you know, and be careful too. I, one thing that when I'm preaching to sinners, I, you know, you have to realize most are very ignorant on the Word of God. You know, they 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 don't understand the atonement. You know, and they don't you know all are, are the different views of the atonement, which there's something like 17 different theological views on the on the atonement. They're not going to understand those things. They're not going to understand about a lot of them about you know the Calvinism and Arminianism and Pelagianism, they're not going to understand those things. So, so keep it, you know, keep it it simple. Simple. And I think, excuse me, Paul is really, that's what he, he means by that. Um, You know, I think that's including what he says. He says, preach the word. So preach the gospel. Preach what the word of God says. Preach what it says about sin. Not, not, not pulling sin out, making sin out of thin air. But what the Bible does is call sin. We preach that. Um, you know, preach that he's going to return, that his judgment's coming, that are going to die. I think that's a good, simple message. All those are good, simple message. Uh, and we should preach. you know, there is a hell, and sinners go to hell. And it's good, a lot of times, good to explain what, a lot of people don't understand what sin means. And exactly what is sin. I, th- I think it's good to define that and, and let people know what is and what's not sin. But keep it simple. So preach the word be instant in season, out of season. That means when you feel like it or not, when it's a good time or not, uh, when at, at a moment's notice, you should be ready to, to give the gospel and to preach the gospel. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering. And doc, there it goes back to doctrine, goes back to the word. But, but with patience, long-suffering with, with patience. So, but reprove, rebuke, you know, uh, I think a, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of your modern day Christians, and even a lot of your people that's now going out to the streets, that they seem to forget about the rebuke and reprove part. But especially these religious people that we see, the people that you know, your your regular church goers, and these people, most people when you go, especially here in the South where we're at, most everybody's a Christian, yeah. if you ask them. And so. What they need to be—they need to be corrected on what they're doing, and and they're really—you know—there's a lot of—I w- I wouldn't even call them Pharisees because the Pharisees were religious. They had an understanding; they knew the word. They were just wicked. These, these people are just—they're—they're. Just they're, they're, um, I think a lot of them. Christ actually. Well, not 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 even in in, in Matthew seven in Matthew seven, but. Uh, these are just very ignorant people. they they are a lot. You're lukewarm. I think they more, more like the Laodicean church. They're lukewarm. You know, they got the big, fine churches, the big mega churches, and uh, but they're 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 wretched. They're naked, and you know they 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 don't know God. And so we need to reprove them. If we don't reprove them, if you just you go out there, man, they hear G- Jesus loves them all the time. We even
1: we were at a Georgia game. You know, what was it, a man or a lady, come up? And said you need to preach uh, a loving message or something, and then you started saying Jesus loves you. <laughs> you remember that?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, they people hear it all the time, and, and you know, does it home, do nothing? The LGBTQ, they that. they've heard it all the time. So if you go out there and tell tell them, and you, we see these groups when we're down in New Orleans, you got the ones that said Jesus adores you, and and, and they they're just. Continue out on their sin and wickedness and continue on their way to hell so we we need to reprove them we need to correct reproof means correction and rebuke you know rebuke is for those you know the religious hypocrites I, you know i had then you have the type who who know just enough to be dangerous they know just enough scripture to try to trip you up really? yeah to try to trip you up. they know they're in first john chapter one you know where it says uh I am my, my mind just went blank, <laughs> but it uh, uh, you know uh, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. You know, they, they and the know that us, and the yeah. truth is not in yeah. us. That, 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 that's true. You know, we we Bible says we all have sin and come short of the glory of God. We all you know all have sin. So, uh, but they, they they don't go any further than that. They they take that take completely piece, out of context yeah. and they don't even the rest of that chapter. I mean, you got. Well, I, I quote it all the time when I'm in the streets. One of my favorite <laughs> verses, 1 John 3, uh, three 8, nine. And 9. You know, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy the works of the devil. He that is born of God doeth not commit sin. For seed remains in him, he cannot sin, for he's born of God. So they tend to forget about, though, you know, that, that they don't know that but they know just enough to be dangerous and that's a lot of times where the rebuke comes in and then you got you know, your false your false pastors and false teachers you got you know we'll go uh I know brother Brian Cranford kind of made this with street preachers popular and he does he's done the best and I've went with him a few days a few times to do his church rebukes and I've actually done something here and those can get exciting as well um but you got these pastors who are homo approving and they're um sin approving and, and there are a lot of them are wrapped uh, wrapped up in sports idolatry and wrapped up in entertainment and, and they're 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 disgusting human beings and but that's your Pharisees so that's the ones we rebuke, and those those are the ones that need to be rebuked people like Stephen Furtick needs to be rebuked people like Joel Osteen needs to be rebuked uh, and because they're, 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 they're hirelings, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And then, you know, you got your exhortation and those that there are ones that, you know, and this is where you need to follow the spirit of God because then, then you run into people that they're truly broken and they're truly just like the, the gentleman we encountered in Charlotte the other night. Um, he, he was broken and when he he was drunk. But when he began to tell his story he first came up to us and he'll telling us we were we were you guys were right you can see the video I'm the video on my Christ checker channel um the one that says uh, street preaching is effective uh he came up to us and he uh said you know we were tell he was drunk but then he got to tell him man he was his wife was leaving him he's going through a divorce he is on rock bottom now I could have just rebuked him and there's a lot of knucklehead preachers out there that would have. And it just rebuked him, blasted him. But we were soft with him. We was gentle with him. And man, he repented. You can see on the video, he repented, man. He got down on his knees and repented and left. Then he left He left the bars, went home. So that's why you need to follow the spirit of God. But again, with all long suffering, it should be, you, we, we should be patient with people. And uh, Christ was patient with me. God was patient with me. He dealt with me many times and uh, he didn't have to he didn't have to continue having mercy he didn't have he didn't have to he don't have to he's not his mercy you know he, he doesn't have to he's not obligated to continually have mercy he's obligated to extend us mercy well, at least once you know <laughs> and uh after that it really is mercy but he's not obligated you know to continue that. But he did. And so I don't want to forget that God was long suffering in me. That with me, there's times I mean I could have I did stupid stuff. I could have went out into hell, died, and just busted the hell wide open. But God had mercy on me. So I don't want to forget that. I don't want to forget where I came from. Um so anyway, but that's you know, that's 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 the way we preach. And that's that's the formula. That's the formula for preaching in my opinion. And everyone's gonna be different. I think we forget that sometimes. There, there are those that preach a lot harder. There are those that have a more, more gravel in their voice. Uh, there are people that have a softer. You know, there's people that you know. There's a there's a brother here, this local. Uh, a lot of you guys won't know him. Uh, I think he is. He posts some stuff on Instagram sometimes. His name's Sterling Long, brother Sterling. He's from South Africa. Him and his wife. He's an older gentleman. And they go out and preach, and you could consider his a softer approach, really. Yeah, he's he's a he's a softer approach than what, what I preach, but he's very effective. He does a lot of abortion clinic ministry, and for him to go preach the same marriage as I do and preach the same style I would, that, that would be that would be a death sentence for him. I mean, he's a, he's an older man; he's not going to be able to you know defend himself, and, like, and his wife goes with him. She's an older you know an older woman, and so. uh different people have different approach, you know, uh, and so, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, so w- with that, you know, we, we, need, we, we just need to realize and stop trying to police other preachers. Stop trying to say, well, you use this word, or you preach this you shouldn't have. No, you know, um, uh, that's why I try, I try not to be too critical on this thing. I'm not, there are some things I see. I'm like, what the... <laughs> Well, I wonder are they thinking, and you know, because some people get in the flesh out there. They're, they're stupid out there. They they think there 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 are no consequences for for certain things they do, uh, and they go out there blindly, and they go out there with wrong intentions and wrong motives, and and some of those things, you know, I I I have been critical over, and I don't deny that, but I'm you you won't find me being too critical, especially with different styles. Uh, of how people preach. Um, you know, that being said, there's one preacher, I guess you can call him a preacher. Uh, he, he's big on this, where you got these hardball preachers and you got a softball preacher. He's like, he condemns the softball preachers. And this guy, was, he's what I call a wrecking ball preacher. Uh, he just makes a wreck of things and he makes a mess of things when he preaches. There's, there's no, you know, there's no true rebuke there. There's no true... Uh, gospel preaching going on, and it's there's no balance there, and it's just meant to stir up a crowd, and meant to make a mess. Again, if that's your intent, you need to reevaluate some things. That's right. Uh, but I will say this too. I'm going I'm to tell you this. You're going to say, "Well, this doesn't it contradicts. You're contradicting yourself." No, I'm not. If you're going out preaching and you're not effective, and you don't stir people up, and 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 you and people aren't ever convicted, um, you need to reevaluate some things. You need to step back and look, and and, and am I being effective? Am I, you know, things I'm doing, being effective? Um, So, you know, it's kind of a, you know, you got a two-way, I don't don't want to say a two-way street, but again, we don't go out there with the intent of causing a riot or stirring things up. But on the other hand, if people aren't stirred up, if people aren't upset, then we, you know, Sometimes. we should question some yeah. things. Uh, I remember when I was a sinner and I would get convicted. I would get upset. Uh, I would go over to my grandmother's. My grandmother was a godly woman, and she was an excellent cook. And it was one of the reasons why I was over three hundred pounds <laughs> at one time. So, uh, I, but I would go over and visit with her. I mean, she's just a great woman, a great woman. And uh, I, I don't even have the words express how... Good example of a godly woman. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you can find a better example. of. Uh, I, I'm talking about just such balance. You know, she was... When she had to be stern, she was stern. <laughs> when she had... Uh, she loved her family. And she kept... That's one thing, and I'll get into this in just a moment. Well, i am going to One thing with, with my family on my mother's side I have a large extended family and we're all very close we still have big get togethers with each other we get together at Christmas we get together at Thanksgiving we we have you know cookouts we have different stuff the whole family there there was eight brothers and sisters and uh, the whole family you know, and all those cousins and niece and nephew all get together still and, and we don't have there's no big feuding going on it's, it's, it's lovely it's wonderful I, I attribute that a lot to my grandmother she made it a point We going not have these things going on in our family. So, but anyway, she's a godly woman. And one thing she was bold, (laughs) she's bold as a line. And she, she didn't, it didn't bother her. And this is how we should be. She wasn't worried by telling us the truth if it was going to offend us. She knew that she had to tell us the truth. So I would go visit my grandmother and... She'd have a good meal, some good fried chicken and some mashed potatoes and homemade biscuits and gravy and <laughs> butter beans. All the man, beans. Man, it was good. Yeah. And so she, we would begin to talk about things and she'd say, Adam, you know, you know if you keep living like you're living, you, if you die that way, you're going to go to hell. You know that. And I couldn't deny it. You know, she said, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. You need to get saved. And she would tell me, and it would, it would make me so mad. And I, I, never, I never did talk back to her. I never did tell her not to do it or don't ever say that again. But I would, I would get so mad because that's not why I wanted to come over here. But that's exactly why God was drawing me. and God was working it so I would, and she could witness to me. And the thing is, her word, and they still to this day don't, but especially when I was a sinner, those words never got away from me. Those words never left my mind. They would roll over in my mind when I was out partying at 12 o'clock in the morning. Well, after I'd been doing some wicked things, come back home and lay my head down, those words would roll over in my mind. And so I think that's approach. You know, that's the approach I want to have and remember when I'm out there preaching that people's going to get offended. They don't, they don't want to hear about their sin. They don't want to hear about the things that they're doing wrong. They're going to get upset about it, but they need to hear it. They need to hear it. I've had, I don't know how many times, I'm talking about experiences here, man, I've had people spit on me, throw stuff at me, cuss me out. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And then as we're leaving, getting ready to leave, and everything's calmed down here, they come back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. You were mm-hmm. right. I need to be saved. And so, you know, and, and we see, that's why I say, if you're not being effective, um, if you're not stirring people up with what you preach, and you're not seeing conviction, uh, you need to reevaluate some things. Another thing, you know, another misconception uh, I think a lot of people have is uh, that you know we should just see scores and scores saved. You know, and I get you know get some. Well, how many people yet saved? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, we we do have we've had people just like the gentleman here a couple of weeks ago at Charlotte got saved. You know, I, I have other stories like that, but, uh, th- there's two things, you know, P- Paul, he says, you know, uh, he planted a polished water and God gave the increase. So he didn't, he didn't, a lot, a lot of the, the fruit, the fruit, he never got to see. He never did see it. Uh, I know there's fruit that I, I'm not, I'm not going to know about till I get to heaven uh some of it I do find out about I have people that contact me. You know, I've had people uh even, mes- even message through me, videos. Yeah, videos through my do. videos. But I've had people come back to me, you know, find my information you know, on my channel or whatever and say, "Hey, remember that night that you, you know, and some of I some of them I remember, some of them I don't." It's like, "Man, you know, I repented. I prayed. And it, you know, it took me. I realized what you were saying was right." And then you know, there's times like I said we do have uh it's more instant but a lot of it we're not going to see but don't forget you know those of you that seen this go out to the you know open you wonder sometime in my you know effective you're not you don't have a quota you don't have to have so many people get saved you don't you don't have to uh that's not how success is measured in in, in preaching in ministry uh if you're going out and lifting the name of Christ, if you're doing going to places where he's leading you to go and doing those things, you're being effective. If you're preaching the word, you're being effective. That's that's your command, is to go into the word and preach the gospel to every creature. So every time people ask you, are you effective? You know, 100% I'm effective. I'm effective every time I go out. Mm-hmm. Every single time I go out. Uh, whether or not people repent here or repent later or don't repent at all from you know the message they heard. There, I, I've still lifted the name of Christ, so it's been effective. Um, I'm trying to think of some other. I, I remember one night um, we were preaching a UGA game. Now, the University of Georgia, the, the football games, has to be, as far as a, a sporting event, it has to be the best one to preach. And, I mean, the people aren't any different. If you go to preach it. Uh, University of Florida game, or University of Alabama or Falcons game, or or you know whatever you the 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 people they're going to be the same. It's going to be a bunch of drunk sports fans mainly, a bunch of college kids, a bunch of idolaters. So the the crowd that they the people same characteristics, just different color shirts. Yep, and different logos.
1: About the same, really. But anyway, they, they, get they
0: act the same. But the, what make what's this? The University of Georgia football games apart is. On the on the one end zone, on the west end zone, the stadium's open, and there's a bridge right behind. There's a lower tier of stands, and there's a bridge just right behind it. And so you can stand on that bridge, and you can preach into that stadium. You can hold up banners, and ninety three thousand people are going to see that banner. And a lot of people, if you got a loud enough bullhorn in between uh, plays or whatever, when music when the marching band's not playing and stuff. People are gonna hear it, and so you talk about a very effective place, especially especially with banners, man. Because yeah, people, like I said, 90 something thousand people's gonna see it. But one night, we a lot of times we like to go and preach before the game, but for some reason this game we didn't get to, so we went and we'll catch them at the fourth quarter and catch him coming out of the game. So we were on the bridge, and I have a I have a banner, and uh, it's over there, Caleb. Go get it. Which one? the sports idol come back. Should be propped up over there. Yeah. I want to, I want to sit for the guys that's going to see the video. I want to show you something. Um, I had especially made. And don't worry about the, the, the logo. I got a lot of logos on here, but it's, it's all public domain so we can use it. Let's see, you have all sports idolaters will go to hell, and that's off of uh, you know uh, in Revelations where it says idolaters all you know murderers, uh, whoremongers, abominable, and all liars shall have their partner like a fire. So all all idolaters, then includes sports idolaters. So this sign, you know, it's got the white background. You got the you know the stadium, everything's lit up, and so you know we're holding it, and this guy comes. um to me, he says, look, he said, I was, uh, um, I went to a, a Baptist seminary and stuff. He said, man, he said, I could see you. He was on the other side of the stadium. He said, man, I could see your banner. I could read it loud, and clear. He said, I could see it. Good. He said, uh, when I seen it, he said, man, I have, I have to come talk to you. He said, he's not, not, not everybody else in the, in the section was like me. He said, man, there was a lot of people upset when they seen that banner. Uh, so you know, the guy came and talked to me, but but his his dad was with him, and so his dad, uh, after I talked to the guy, his dad said, "You know what? You're right." He said that is one hundred percent right. He said I was raised better than this. He said I was raised not to lift these things up and 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 to make it, you know make these things so important. And he said I've been an idolater. He said and he repented. He said I'm not coming back to any more games. I don't know if he has been or not, but he said he wasn't coming back to any more games. Said he was done with it. So, you know, it's effective. It's effective. Again, a lot of people maybe, you know, think that's silly to make a banner like that, but uh, it changed one man's heart. And I don't care how much money you spend on it, if if you affect one person like that, it's worth if you spend a million dollars on it. So... That's right. I can just set that down right there. So anyway, but... Before moving on, we've been on here quite a while now, over an hour. Kayla, what what's some just some of your thoughts on, on, on preaching? Maybe for some young person, some young young people that may hear this and see this, what, what's some things you can do to encourage them? I, I know in, in, in the church where and the churches we've been involved with, and, and some of you may get upset by saying this, but I mean you just need to lay this out here. Some of you guys are, are too caught up in too much extracurricular things. Now, I'm, I like hunting and fishing. Uh, I have interest, some things I like to do. I like to, uh, I love to go hiking. Right. But uh, I don't do it probably as much as I necessarily, I would say, I, I like to because there's other things that are important. Preaching the gospel is much more important. Soon in time, my family is much more important. But a lot of you guys, you're caught up in too many things. You're caught up in too much extracurricular things, and you need to be doing something for God. So, Caleb, what's the word for these guys? Some young men, 15 to 20. I'll go by personal experience here, but
1: um, really, there's a time, a coming of age, where um, you have to start putting the childish things down. Like for me, I used to play, I was a big video gamer, and uh, I eventually just had to learn to put that down and just focus on things that were more important, like preaching the gospel. And luckily for me, I was able to go out with dad, but if if I have any tips for the young people, it's, um, if you can, just wherever you go out in public, just witness. Even if it's just a little conversation, because that can really... uh, light of spark even with your family even if your mom and dad won't take you out there on the streets or even if they won't do anything if you're able to just start a conversation or talk with people that's just a great way to start and uh... i just think that's a it's probably a really good tip for some of the young people out there that uh... you're not really too young to just start uh, david was a young lad the bible says so i mean just start just get out and do it uh, bible says to fear not so don't It's it was hard for me. I, I was intimidated a little bit, but don't fear. I mean, you've got God on your side, and He's going to be able to help you. So,
0: yeah, you know, we're not supposed to have fear, you know. And it's, of course, you know, it can be when you go. I, mean, I still, I still, I, I get, I get nervous before I go out there. I get butterflies in my stomach every time. I, I don't care where it's at, and um, and it can be. <laughs> If we let it, rather these uh, excuse me places can be intimidating. When you walk on Bourbon Street in the middle of Mardi Gras, (laughs) intimidating. It can you see just so many people. and I'm talking about some wicked characters and some bad dudes. You know. And what? There's about nine. Maybe how many of us was there? Uh, uh, I think when I was with y'all that one that first time at Mardi Gras that time there was um, there was maybe fifteen yeah 15 or 16 then decadence this last time we preached decadence yeah yeah. we had seven seven
1: or eight in our group just imagine seven
0: or eight against thousands yeah i mean it can be intimidating but you know are you going to trust god you know so that's and that's what we do we trust god in in that and he's delivered us as i said you know talking about some of the experience he's delivered us from from you know some bad situations And, and you know, and let us in weather there's things like, you know, we thought about, you well, know, maybe we should go to this area and preach and maybe go to this area and do that. And like, nah, I, don't, I don't think we need to go here. And we, and we do, and we, we realize, hey, that we made the we made the right, choice. the right choice. We followed, you know, that is God leading us that way. And so, uh, you know, it's not, and some people like with me, I'm, I'm kind of introverted. I'm not really not, the, you may say, well, really? I say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really the best target. This is a one-on-one conversation. I just don't do good. And uh, there's some brothers good. Brother Scott, who uh, we preach with, yeah. Stevens, who, who we preach with quite a bit. Man, that brother, one on one he's one of the best it's I've ever seen. God given ability. Yeah, and I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't have that. I, I do better if I, if I go out and preach, and then people come to me. I, I do much better. And so we have our strengths and weaknesses, and and you have to realize that. You get, a lot of times you have to find out what your strength and weakness is. But God has given you talent. Don't let it go to waste. Redeem the time now. Don't look back. Just one thing I do. I don't like to live with regret. I tell people, don't whatever you do, do your best not to live with regret. But there, there is some because I, I started street preaching when I was uh, thirty-five. I guess on again on a regular basis. Now, again, I went earlier than that, done some things. But I wish I'd have been doing this when I was in my twenties. Started then, you know. So don't wait too late you know you, you you can't the thing is you can make up to a certain extent but you can't ever get that time back uh, but you can make up for it but don't let the time go to waste you know just just think about some you know some of you guys that do a lot of hunting how how, how many hours have you wasted in a deer stand you know it's just a thought there on, on the lake how many hours have you wasted same so anyway, I could say the same thing you know, you know some hiking how many hours have I wasted Going to the gym, we like to go to the gym and work out. We like to stay healthy, but if I'm not careful. I can waste a lot of time. And then that time, I mean, it's, we're never getting it back. So, but, you know, some of you guys, I will say to some of the young people, especially in, in the churches that, you know, I've, I've go to and, and been around, uh, you need to have more of a desire to serve God in a way that brings sinners to repentance. That's right. Going to church is good to a certain extent. That will never save you, and and, and that's gonna and what, what's going to happen? You're going to get in a routine, and it's just going to become the norm. Just every Sunday, the norm, church. Uh, you're going to start, you know, doing things, seeking things that make you feel good and, and to validate you. But what you need to do is, you need to do what God called you to do. and That's to be a witness. And so, amen a fisher of men. Uh, but anyway, I think this is about going to wrap it up. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this, and uh, be looking for episode two. And hopefully, I'm 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 hoping it will be within the. Um, I'd like to make this a weekly weekly thing. I don't know if I'll, I'll have time to, but uh, I would at the minimum like to get out a couple of these a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I would prefer it to be a weekly thing. But anyway, guys, one, one thing I'm going to leave you with whatever you do, uh, if you're going to be successful, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in your career, whether it's uh, uh, with, we talk a lot about health and fitness, or it's, you know, with that, whatever it is, you're going to be successful. Uh, you're going to have to put forth an effort. You cannot expect. If you want to see people saved, if you really got a burden for lost people, you cannot expect to sit back and them come to you. It just don't work that way. Every now and then you may get somebody to darken the doors of the church or, you know, just you may bump into someone, but it's rare, it's zero to nine, uh, it's rare, put it that way. Uh, you're going to, to put forth an effort. You're going to have to get out there and put forth an effort. If you're going, if you're going to uh, be successful in business, It's going to take long hours. It's going to take work. You can't be lazy. Look at men like Elon Musk, which, you know, he's, I know he needs Christ. But he has worked hard to get to where he's at. And he's a billionaire, the richest man in the world. And same way with those, I know a lot of them are wicked men like Bill Gates, but that took a lot of effort. He didn't just fall into his lap. He just didn't nonchalantly become a billionaire. You got to work at it. Same thing, and we'll get into some of this too, what I'm fixing to say here, but with your like losing weight, getting in shape, you can't expect it just overnight, and you can't expect just to keep your routine and things to go well. You know, I think a lot of times where people they have good intentions, they they want to feel better, they want to lose weight, and they start and they don't see instant results you're not going to see results in a week you're not going to see results um, and you won't see much in a month but over time you will but you got to work at it unfortunately we live in a society where everybody we're living in a society where you can have a lot of things just instantly i ordered um with, with we have an amazon fulfillment center close by and there's been times i've ordered things and got it the same day that's amazing yeah. or you know I got the money I run down to Walmart or go down to the store and, and just get it you know so it's uh, we live in a society that wants things and can a lot, a lot of things they can get instantly but to be successful it's going to take time it's going to take effort in the same way with ministry if you want to be successful in your ministry be successful for God now I'm not talking about for you I'm talking about for God you're going to, have to put forth some effort so anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, this will close the first episode of the Narrow Way podcast. And I thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you next time.